What's going on? Welcome into the Monday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. One preseason game in the books. The Ravens defeat the Saints on Saturday night, 17-14. The good news is it is preseason, and the Saints will have two more to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars next Monday, and they'll wrap things up um, a week, two weeks from Saturday. Joining me is the radio voice of the New Orleans Saints. That is Mike Haas, who made his Saints radio debut on Saturday night in Baltimore. Mike, good to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, been an interesting weekend for sure. Uh, no no practice on this Monday, so everybody's trying to kind of get regrouped. Uh, you know, but the regrouping, as you know, doesn't last long. It'll, it'll be Jacksonville by this afternoon. Absolutely. We'll talk about your first broadcast. I know, obviously, as a new radio voice of the Saints, it's preseason for you as well and your radio team. Uh, how do things go for you guys on Saturday night? Uh, it, it, you know, you could ask 10 people and probably get 10 different answers. Uh, it was, I mean, Deuce in the box, Robert Carroll, uh, the producer, uh, and spotter Chris Pica and uh, statistician Rick Weiner, uh, are the heroes of, of the night. I mean, you lean so heavily uh, upon those guys, and especially Deuce. Um, you know, the first quarter, uh, it felt like I was uh, covering an NHL game, <laughs> like hockey, and I didn't know anything about it. It yeah. was the fastest, you know, things were moving at warp speed. Um, and so it, it just takes kind of time to get used to it. Uh, I'd been, you know, listening to a lot of Zach and and Deuce, so I knew it was fast. And then just the craziness of it. I mean, you know, six turnovers and kind of when they happened and where they happened. Uh, you know, it was it was a. I've I've covered. You know, I've, I've done a lot of preseason games. The penalties to me, you know, the Saints had ten. Baltimore had nine. I mean, I don't know what the first game preseason average across the NFL is, but I bet it's six or seven, right? So, you know, you never want 10. Ten's, you know, but I bet it was it's the turnovers. Six turnovers is kind of hard to do. You don't have the ball that often. Uh, so, you know, hey, it's stuff, you know, and I was sitting next to Deuce, and, and got, you know, a whole new perspective. I mean, he, he noticed immediately on the fumbles that the running backs had the ball in the wrong arm, you know, and it's stuff that can be corrected. They would not done uh, a live tackling in, in camp uh, for going leading up to the game. They do what they call thud tackling, but not actual live to the ground tackling, maybe a couple of series. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's preseason. And there were glimpses of, 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 of good stuff. And there were glimpses of, of bad stuff. And that's the, what, what preseason is. It's hard. How do, you, how do you gauge a game where Alvin doesn't play, DeMario doesn't play? You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's a practice, you know, with all the frills. Right. And you have so many different quarterbacks playing. And a couple of them are battling for a spot. There's definitely – a lot of factors that go into evaluating a game, but I'm glad he brought up the turnovers. Um, before we get back into the game, you know, kind of let the fans know how much prep time goes into calling a football game. You talk about spotter sheets and the notes, and yet alone, it's not just a 52-man roster you're getting ready for. It's almost 90 for both teams. How much work goes into prepping for a radio broadcast on the on the NFL side? Well, the there's there's two aspects. Uh, 
to it in that uh, we are working from uh, a technological standpoint from a, a system that Zach used and that he and Jerry Sandusky, the play-by-play -play guy for the Baltimore Ravens, kind of created, uh, and it's all um, computer-based. Uh, so everything's right on my on an iPad where I can, you know, look down and kind of and move it forward with my hand. I can be looking at the play and kind of enlarge it with my hand. I know numerically where the players are. Um, and so that aspect, while it was tricky because all that has to be inputted, at least you know, the notes for game one. So that my first week was a lot of time getting the system ready. So it's not, not just the game. The game is the, is part two. Part one is getting the system ready. First game, uh, Jerry Sandusky for Baltimore, huge help. Zach, huge help uh, because, you know, it, it, it's their system. That being said, so a lot of that, you know, you put in all the notes because if you don't, if I said if you just give me notes on each player and I got to memorize it, I got no shot, right? But you do the work of the notes of the player, the year, some highlights of him, some anecdotal things, and so. But now when I go in today, I'll create the flip chart for Jacksonville. All the everything moves over and it's updated. Right. So now you're just kind of going in and looking at the notes. So that aspect will get easier because <laughs> I had I had five notes for some guys. I had uh, there. I didn't touch 80 percent of the notes that I had. And Zach and, and Jerry said that would happen. It's just, you know, I'm always like, well, you never know. I, you know, we could have a rain delay and, 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 and we'd be talking about, you know, Stevie Scott the third and and his you know personal life so I wanted to be prepared so it was last week was I mean I, I would leave training camp at one go to the Superdome for my other job as communications coordinator and I would then I would stay at the Superdome till midnight one o'clock just keep working on the the radio aspect and the the getting ready so week Week one for the two weeks leading up to that preseason game is by far the hardest. And I was told it would be the hardest. The game would go the fastest in my head. It's the most players you deal with. Now, the Baltimore booth is like prime. I mean, how that's not a suite, I have <laughs> no idea. Uh, it's it's kind of like where the Saints, uh, it would be like sitting in a 300 suite on the 40, right? It was perfect. So uh, the conditions were great. It was a beautiful night. Uh, so that aspect of it, it was, it, it's, it's a, I knew it would be a lot of work. First game's a little more work. And then you're also, you know, the game, you know, it's not just anybody can input data, right? It's the game. And so it, there was a lot of preparation uh, that went into that. Deuce was a huge uh, help uh, just on Saturday, just kind of, he was just being deuce, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, ramped up, you know, like it's the Super Bowl, and he's just like, dude, bring it down. You're good. You know, give me a fist pump. Just like, we're good. Relax. And so huge help. Absolutely. Yeah. Deuce is the man for sure. Um, let's talk about the game a little bit. You mentioned already the turnover. So I don't want to get too deep into that. Cause I think everyone knows that that is a concern and also the 10 penalties, 
but just give me your overall thoughts on the game itself, whether there was anything that stuck out to you, um, again, given preseason. Um, but what kind of – what were your initial thoughts on, on how the game went uh, for the Saints on Saturday night? Well, I mean, certainly Tony Jones Jr., who'd had a good camp, you know. I mean, how do you not – I mean, he's he was it, right, you know, uh, with the runs and five receptions. I mean, he was he was Alvin Kamara, <laughs> basically, on, on Saturday night and as Alvin didn't play – uh, the quarterbacks, you know, I mean, and there were glimpses of, of, of really good stuff. Taysom, you know, on third down early on, you know, four for four, and they weren't easy third downs. Uh, Jameis, but then he had a pick, you know, Jameis with a nice touchdown pass to, to little Jordan was a great pass and then picks as well. Uh, but the fumbles were, you know, just so caught. You fumble inside the 10, and that's like, you know, that's a seven to 10 point differential automatically and so defensively I thought Kate Nellis played pretty well uh, to me and maybe this uh, this is somewhat typical would be just the flat out in your hands dropped passes by wideouts that we had not seen at camp now again camp is skelly one-on-one you know there's a lot of team but you know, there's no tackling, very little hitting. And so they drop passes uh, to the wideouts. And, and that's a position, certainly, where the Saints are looking for someone to to really step up uh, for Mike Thomas's absence. And then when he does come back, you know, who's going to be the number two? So there are a lot, you know, a lot of guys kind of initially in that mix. Jalen McCluskey, uh, McCluskey goes on IR. Uh, Trey Quan's been hurt. Um you know, there's guys out there, Chris Hogan, Jake Lampman. Uh, and so you did Aesop Winston down a lot of playing time, returning kicks and, 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 you know, in the offensive scheme. So that was a little disheartening because you, you need, you need somebody in that group to step up. You also need the tight ends to step up merely because of what they're losing as a group with Josh Hill and Jared Cook gone you know, with them go 54 catches and eight touchdowns. That's a lot to, so that tight end group is going to be asked to do more simply because of what, what they're replacing. Well, Marquez Callaway, because it seemed like, you know, three receptions for him, 60 yards, seemed like a a big target early on in the game. Did he kind of, I guess, build make his way into that conversation as far as the number two, two spot, you know, he might be number one with Michael Thomas being out for right now, but, what did you see from Marquez Callaway that impressed you on Saturday? Yeah, I thought exactly. Well, I think you're right. I think he's going to be, I mean, you know, who knows what happens the next two games. He's he's going to be one of those two wide receivers. Uh, I thought he did a great job, really. Uh, you know, he, he's a big guy. You don't often see it when he's on the field. He doesn't – you kind of have to see him at practice on the sideline. He's 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 a much taller 6'1", right? And so – he has uh, an innate ability, like a Deontay Harris, who didn't play, you know, to kind of find the the openness in the zone. Uh, if he's doing a crossing route, you know, 18, 20 yards down, and they're in zone, he has that ability to kind of find that spot where the quarterback can hit him, and Deontay does too. And so that was very important, yeah. And, and he's got some, you know, he's athleticism. If it's a little high, he can go up, you know, uh, yeah, again, he's another one. 
you know, this is if if all things were equal and we were talking about Mark Wes Callaway, it's just a guy. Let's say the Saints had two strong wide receivers, two, you know, Mike Thomas and Emmanuel uh, were still here. Mm-hmm. And we would look at Mark Wes and go, well, it'd be nice to get a good year two out of him. He, he caught 21 passes last year, no touchdowns, right? That's what we'd be doing. We'd be, we'd be hoping for a nice solid year two, but he doesn't have that luxury. He has, you're the, you're the guy now. And so he seems to have relish the role but you don't not relish the role when you throw on number one and so uh man he's he's just a he's a good strong talent but he's young he's just in his second year but everything that we have seen in practice is what we saw in baltimore and that's a good thing a couple more questions for you mike let's talk about the qb competition a little bit i know we talked about all three quarterbacks including book through an interception on Saturday night, I felt like for me, you know, Taysom looked pretty comfortable in the pocket there when he was playing, and Jameis had some really good throws. Did any of them, I guess, stand out as far as getting ahead of the other in the competition? Or you mentioned the drops for the wide receiver. That also affects them at the quarterback spot. How would you kind of describe those two and how they played on Saturday night? Well, initially, I think Trevor Simeon did probably – I think he probably moved up the best by like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm good today. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll be there in Jacksonville. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I see the way things are going. No, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, no, I think because when you look at the quarterbacks and maybe I, I don't, I truly don't think it will happen. And that's really some clear separation. You know, I don't, I don't think in three games and I don't know how much they'll play in Arizona. Certainly believe Jameis. I think it'll be a complete flip uh, for Jacksonville. Jameis will play the first quarter Taysom the second quarter and and Simeon the, the second half, right? Maybe 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 Ian and and, and Trevor split some time uh, in the second half, so you'll get a better idea of Jameis with the ones, uh, Tame, uh, Taysom with the twos. I mean, Taysom looks strong, you know. Third long situations where you're four for four. I mean, those were you know good throws, good solid throws. Jameis didn't look as comfortable in the pocket, but he, he did, you know, I mean, their numbers are basically the same, you know, from a percentage standpoint, the quarterbacks in general threw to 14 different receivers for 300 yards completion percentage was 66%. You know, I mean, it's not, that's not horrible. Um, In fact, you know, better than most it's the fumbles. So I don't, I don't, you know, if you, if you made me had to pick somebody that of those two that that was better. I mean, I don't know. I, I might, I might say Jameis. I did a show earlier today and they said, taste. I mean, right. What better, right. You have the yeah. touchdown. They both threw picks. You have the touchdown from Jameis. I don't, you know, I, Sean has said it before. You're going to have this massive amount of film from practice. They get graded every day. They know their grades every day. And then you're going to have two or three preseason games. So you're going to have a wide body to choose from as opposed to just the preseason games because it's not going to be enough. And so the question is going to be, I think it's going to be, and and even though Sean says it, it probably isn't, he's going to go by film mostly and the sheer number of reps, but, if the sheer number of reps and the on-field is somewhat similar, 
how is it not a gut feeling of who's going to be better running this offense? Yeah, no, but I, I agree. And I think it's not something that we saw on Saturday. We thought, okay, this guy stood out better than the other one. So I completely agree with you. And I think you're right. It's not just these next two preseason games. The, the training camp practices are going to potentially what separate these two um, for that starting position. So um, one more thing from you on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like a lot of people um, were talking about Zach Bond and the way he played uh, on Saturday. And I just felt like he was all over the place. It's a really good sign on the defense for, for how Bond played. What did you see from him? Yeah, exactly. I to totally agree, Zach. Uh, the, the linebackers in general, uh, you know, they're, they're without Demario Davis. Uh, Caden Ellis uh, made a couple of good plays, you know, really uh, playing well. And, and Bond did as well. I mean, they're going to need, depending on how whoever that in, those interior defensive tackles are going to be, you know, Anyamata is going to be out for six, but he's certainly playing now. And Jalen Dalton, uh, Christian Ringo. Roach, you know, whoever those two guys are, you don't, you don't want to have to sacrifice a, a linebacker to come up and really support a lot of that run. But man, Zach, Zach has done a good job all camp of really filling that middle, being that guy to get up there and, 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 and clog the middle. So yeah, you know, it's not something, it's not the ideal. The ideal is of course, to have your two interior defensive line do it. But yeah, I, I thought, I thought he played uh, very well uh, on Saturday night. Caden Ellis as well. Um, you know, Baltimore, it's, you know, what did they do? You know, what, what did they do offensively? I can't, you know, there was nothing extraordinary no. that they did, you know, other than score more points and right. a couple of, couple of field goals and a two point conversion. Exactly. And, and the Saints still had time with the ball to, to win the game. So uh, defensively, given the field position that they were often given and given what had happened, uh, I thought played pretty solid all the way around. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you there. That's Mike Koss, radio voice of your New Orleans Saints. Next time you can catch him is next Monday, Monday Night Football inside the Dome against Jacksonville. You can hear it on the Big 870, WWLAM and 105.3 FM. Mike, I really appreciate the time. Congrats on your on your first of many broadcasts with the New Orleans Saints. Enjoy the week of practice, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing you next Monday night. You got it. I appreciate it. Anytime. Go Saints, man. Get, get, it, get it going. It's just preseason. Everybody exactly. panic. Don't panic. <laughs> A lot of football to go. Plenty of football to go. And Todd Graffney and John the Shazer will be back on Wednesday to recap training camp. And of course, we'll have some guests that will stop by. Until then, for Mike Haas, I'm Daniel Sallerson. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Seaton.